it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Milling, and this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So, just a few little things. If you guys don't already follow us on social media, we've been doing lots of live chats where after episode drops, we let you guys come and share your thoughts and we have a conversation about what's going on. So if you would like to be a part of those, make sure to tune in to our Instagram and Twitter to find out when those live chats are happening. Yeah, they're literally worth just making an Instagram account to follow us to be aware of when these are happening. If I do say so myself. They've truly been really fun. <laughs> it's nice to be able to talk to you guys about the episode so that we know that like you're actually listening, <laughs> but also <laughs> we're that, you on everything. <laughs> that you want to talk to us about the topics because it just shows that they're actually interesting. And sometimes a rogue man will show up and actually have good thoughts, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> like the time Mr. R showed up and told us his crazy stories about Calvin Harris. <laughs> So if you've been enjoying those live chats, you can also get even more bonus content if you come join us on our Patreon community because we have bonus episodes, a Discord server, lots of fun stuff to get to chat more with us and other listeners about what's going on in the world of Name Three Songs and sexism and music and just the world, honestly. (laughs) So... What are we talking about today, Sarah? We're finally talking about Little Mix. This has been on your list for a while. Yes, because I love them. have been to talk about them for a while, and I feel like there's never been a more perfect opportunity to talk about them. Yeah, because they've been a lot's been happening in the world of Little Mix lately. A lot and... has been happening. <laughs> they have so many announcements. Two of them so are pregnant. <laughs> There's there's so much excitement and sadness and just lots of emotions being a Little Mix fan and just like existing as somebody who pays attention to them. I've loved them for a very long time and anybody who will listen to me talk for long enough, I will be like, so Little, little Mix? Because I just feel like America's been sleeping on them and it's not fair. It's really not fair because I mean, everywhere else they're like the biggest thing in the whole world and America's like, who? What? It is bizarre. It's so bizarre. Because I didn't realize how big they were until this past week. Yeah, they're such a big deal. And like, they always have been a big deal. But thankfully, they're like actually being acknowledged even more now. But they've done so much for music. I mean, they were the first group to ever win X Factor. First girl group to ever get far at all on X Factor. And so there's a lot there. And I mean, also on top of it, I mean, like, we'll talk more about this later. Like, they've been around for a decade, which is incredible because I mean most groups don't ever last that long and if they do a la like Backstreet Boys there are lots of breaks and lots of like people leaving and coming back and all that sort of thing and so the fact that they made it a decade before anybody even left the group is pretty special I think but the main reason why we finally got to talk about Little Mix is because they did something incredible very recently which is they became the first girl group to win best group at the brit awards which is an iconic thing it's a big deal this is like the award show for england's music community yeah it's it's a super super huge deal and i mean like the spice girls never won this like the sugar babes never won this there were lots of groups who were viewed as really iconic staples in british culture that never won this award number one like the fact that it took until 2021 for a female group to win this is disgusting but i think that there's never been a more deserving group because they stand for like yes the spice girls stood for girl power but also it was like the 90s so like they're not talking about the same sort of things that little mix are able to talk about so i think that the fact that three women who are super outspoken about a lot of topics that for so long women have been told to shut the fuck up about (laughs) um, are the people who to have won this award as the first female group to win it is 
beautiful. Yeah, it truly is. I mean, their speech was amazing. I know you were really emotional about their speech. So let me just read it for those of you who maybe didn't catch what their speech was. So Leanne began, it's not easy being a female in the UK pop industry. We've seen white male dominance, misogyny, sexism, and lack of diversity. We're proud of how we've stuck together, stood our ground, surrounded ourselves with strong women, and now we're using our voices more than ever. And then Jade Thurwall continues, the fact that a girl band has never won this award really does speak volumes. So this award isn't just for us, it's for the Spice Girls, Sugar Babes, All Saints, Girl Loud, all of the incredible female bands, this one's for you. It was very moving. Genuinely, like, I'm a relatively big softie in general, but I, I like, went into this and I was like, oh, this is exciting. I'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need a whole box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I think it also just, like, seeing how emotional they were also obviously, like, added to it, like, emotional and yet strong at the same time. It was just, like, very empowering and sad at the same time. I think it was, like, for everything they've been through, which is what we're getting into today, all of the criticism they received, all of the hate, all of the slut shaming, all of them being picked apart for their bodies. Mm -hmm. Like they've stuck through it. They've pushed through it. They've come out the other side as better people. They've learned and grown as celebrities, but as like, what does a role model even mean? And I think they are using their voices even more now. And so it was just kind of this moment, I think for them of realizing like they're finally getting like the recognition when they've been working so hard for for 10 years like non-stop and knowing that other people are recognizing them for that i think was like a really big i, I don't want to say payoff but just a moment of like finally finally we're being heard we're being listened to people are giving us the credit that we've deserved all along yeah for sure because i mean it's not like they haven't won awards and stuff in the past they have but this is essentially like one of the biggest awards they could win yeah just to give some more context to like just how important the brit awards are to british artists i mean like rena suyama had a whole campaign about how like she is british and how she deserved to be nominated for a brit award because even though she wasn't born in england she was raised there and so it was just like the, this whole thing of like this is how important these awards are to british artists so there was just like a lot of unnecessary <laughs> it's just funny when like the requisites to win a brit award are basically as stringent as becoming the u.s president i was just about to say to that be, <laughs> and that you need to be born in the country it doesn't matter if you were raised there from like the age of like two i don't know when rena's family moved to england but she was very young so it's like she's british you know so yeah that's just some context for just how important this awards is to people in the UK. And so basically, Little Mix have definitely come out the other side in a lot of ways. Um, yes, they are one member down, but I think it's completely understandable and we are going to get into this a, at least a little bit of Jesse wanting to leave because there are, I feel like, so many more pressures being in a girl group than there are being a solo artist as a, yeah. as a female because there's a lot more expectations, there's a lot more comparison, there's a lot of things. To really give you guys an idea of why Leanne said what she said during this Brit acceptance speech, we're going to need to like rewind back to 2011. But before we do that, we just want to go over a little bit of what Little Mix have accomplished in this decades-long career that they've had because I feel like prefacing the shit that they've been through with their accomplishments is really going to be eye-opening. So Jenna, do you want to go into a bit of detail of what these incredible women have accomplished? Yeah, so also just if you're not familiar, Little Mix are a British girl group that were formed in 2011 during the 8th series of the British version of The X Factor and were the first girl group to ever win it. But also just on top of that, One Direction didn't win X Factor. One Direction came in third, so... Important to note, yeah. Important to note. <laughs> the group consists of Jade Thurwall, Perry Edwards, Leanne Pinnock, and former member Jesse Nelson, who departed in December 2020. But their stats on how many albums they sold, this is insane, okay, you guys? Like, I knew Little Mix, like, back 
in back in the day when they had just one X Factor, I like listened to like their first album and stuff like that. And I kind of like fell off from following them. I was amazed looking at like just their Spotify streams alone. Like how many streams they have is insane. The amount of artists they've collabed with is insane. But just to give you some actual data, they've had six albums between 2012 and 2020 that each peaked in the top five of the UK album charts. And so far, five of those have gone certified platinum three times three times certified platinum. Their fourth album, Glory Days, became the longest reigning girl group number one album since the Spice Girls debut 20 years earlier. And throughout their career, the group have sold over 60 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling girl groups of all time. Of all time. Like, this is how big they are. And I'm like, why? This is how big they are? And still, how has America, like, not given them the time of day whatsoever? And also selling that many records in the 2010s is insane and just shows, like, how much their fans care about them and also just, like, how good their music is. Honestly, when Black Magic came out, there was, like, crack in that song and I do not understand how that... That song See, did not break the America. The last song I remember listening to them was Move, which was like 2013, which oh was still God. very early for them. So I don't even remember Black Magic. And then I was like going back watching their music videos. I was like, their music <laughs> is really good. It's not cheesy, like trying to be cool pop music. Like it's actually good. And they are actually incredible singers. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why. I mean, I guess I do understand because America just hates women, but. <laughs> My favorite thing is that, like, in almost every radio interview Little Mix ever does, somebody be like, oh, yeah, like, this fan wants you to sing this, but, like, we're not going to ask you to do that. And they're like, well, we'll sing. And it's just so funny. Like, these radio men clearly are like, oh, they can't really sing. And they're like, fucking shut up. (laughs) Like, we'll sing your ringtone for you. We'll do whatever you want. Like, we're good. And I'm like, oh, my God. Icon behavior. (laughs) Yeah. I live for it. Honestly, like, it's really incredible. Just like watching them in general coexist (laughs) i feel like because you can tell that they just really care about each other but anyway now that we've told you just how incredible this band is we are going back in time so come with us to the year 2011 where people are still layering tank tops loud patterns are in fashion and not matching your fellow girl group members is acceptable for some reason so i got to do my favorite and least favorite thing in the whole world which is to go to dailymail.co.uk <laughs> type in little mix click oldest and just scan <laughs> oh wow um how was that for you that was traumatizing i think that they need to pay for therapy for a couple of weeks because not even everything that came up was it actually about little mix so i had to read lots of salacious headlines about lots of people the thing that i do find funny is that apparently in 2011 you didn't need to link out to other websites oh, really? so they are acknowledging other things that have happened with no link backs which was really fucking annoying for research purposes yeah <laughs> because i mean now if you go on anything everything's linked back to something and they feel the need to rehash every problem that's ever occurred but yeah so this is the thing that i thought was important to do with this is to see when and if the language around little mix changed Mm -hmm. Um, because as Jenna already said the group was formed on X Factor and so X Factor very much has that sort of like you're part of the process sort of feel as like we all know from watching American Idol and like we also have X Factor here so I feel like the view based off of what I was reading was more supportive than I would have thought for like Mm -hmm. an up-and-coming girl group there's a lot of discussing how like Jessie's really excited that fans have been telling her how they see themselves in her how like oh like she's funny and really relatable and not heavy but like just normal looking and so it's a very much like oh these fans being like I see myself in you because like you're also normal and like we don't have role models that look like this but there is early on a lot of focus on Jesse and that sort of idea which I just found really interesting and so also the other thing was that like the bookies <laughs> did not have their odds on Little Mix winning until like what does halfway, that mean halfway through so basically betting like, on them yeah, so they bet on these oh, shows. Oh, um, I didn't which, know that. Yeah, betting is like a real, like gambling is like Gotta a Gotta go really- to Ladbrokes to <laughs> bet on Little Mix. Bet against Little Mix. Betting is like a really big problem in England, actually. I just think that's funny that the betting chain is called Ladbrokes, the place yeah. where you go to bet. I know, it's so <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, so also, I the other thing is, is it's like, so I've never written 
for a gossip news site. I've only done photo stuff. So all I know is that like you get assigned an article, but like, I don't know if people tell them like, oh, I like Little Mix. I don't like Little Mix. Like, I don't know how much. And so hopefully at some point I can get one of my friends who's written to like, give me some insight on this so I can inform you guys. That's my new mission. So I I don't know how much the things that are said in these articles are the views of the person writing them or mm-hmm. how much there is like a guide on how to write these articles because yeah. they do reuse lots of words like skimpy outfits like pvc boots like slammed yeah like thigh highs like jesse was slammed they they use like a very specific language in these articles and so obviously like while little mix are on x factor they're like going to movie premieres they're going to parties to like promote themselves for people to get used to them and so there was an article in november of 2011 written by this woman called emily sheridan for the daily mail and and nothing nothing was like that crazy about this article but i just wanted to like acknowledge some wordage that is used to like describe <laughs> describe little mix so there is a sentence that's like despite their baby face looks the foursome certainly appeared grown up in their sexy ensembles and then of course when they're acknowledging jesse's outfit they say jesse showed off her curves and so it's interesting because most of the articles about little mix at this time as i already said they're not really talking talking about Jessie's weight in a negative way more as a like listeners love that she looks the way she looks and so they refer to it as curves and whereas like farther down the line the language seems more like trying to pressure somebody to like develop an eating disorder yeah I mean that's interesting you point this out right now because so at this time I think Perry was like the youngest one who was 18 and Mm -hmm. Jesse was the oldest who is 20. So it's like even that little age difference, like Jesse's going to be more developed into her own body. And the other girls were quite thin at that point in their lives. So it's like, Jesse having even just the slightest curve was like, ooh, Jesse has curves. Jesse's the sexy one, which then later became fat shaming Jesse. It's really interesting because I mean, like, just like as things progress, so after Little Mix win X Factor, the language starts to shift in the way that they're spoken about. And so, in like another Daily Mail article in 2012, written by somebody named Kirsty McCormack, they're talking about them going out on the town after they've won. And so, this was the thing that was frustrating to me. So, like, they're obviously they're like preparing for tour, they're performing on lots of like chat shows and different things because they've won the X Factor, and. So the language here is like, Jesse was also showcasing a slimmer figure. The nonstop rehearsals and various gigs have clearly paid off. And then later on in this article, it goes, her trimmer figure follows reports that she hired a personal trainer at the beginning of the year to get into shape following the festive period. And they like just continue on to be like, oh, like the singer was reduced to tears during her time on the ITV1 reality show after she became the subject of negative jibes regarding her weight, but looked pleased with the results of her new year workout last night, as well as developing her new hairstyle is unknown if jesse plans to slim down even more after the sun reported that she had been living in the gym for last month this is so disturbing so we're gonna do an episode in a few weeks here about body image in general Mm -hmm. but just like this language of being like jesse could choose to lose weight if she wanted to that is so problematic that Mm -hmm. is so problematic because I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're a woman, you probably know that's not true. Like you can't just like, (laughs) there's a lot of factors that go into somebody's weight and it's not always a choice of like, if you just exercise more, if you just ate less, you would be thin, fuck that. So the fact that they're like using this language to shame her and being like, if she just worked out more, she could be thin. (laughs) Fucked up. And it's like the thing where like, they're also sort of trying to make it sound like, oh, like we're team Jesse, we're excited for her. When really, when you discuss a woman like this, it causes issues. Yeah. Because also in this article, they quote an interview that Jesse did with Heat Magazine, which I couldn't find because they didn't link out to it. <laughs> but Jesse said to them, the comments really got to me. I knew I'd get nasty stuff about my weight from the start, but it's not until you actually see it that it hits you. I thought I'd be all right. And then I saw it and just burst out crying now if you just google jesse nelson during x factor she just looks like a teenager who's like growing into her body there's nothing wrong with her like and this is the other issue is that the body standards in 2011 were very much like that 
heroin chic kind of look still, I feel like. And it's just even when Jessie had lost weight and she lost weight because she wanted to and like was healthy. She's just a curvy person. Like bodies are built differently. Not everybody's going to have the same body shape. And so it's just this crazy thing where it's like expected of her to look a certain way. And it's like for me, for example, like no matter how much weight I'll lose, I'm always going to be the shape that I am. <laughs> like even in photos of me of when I was skinnier, like I'm still like a full figured person. And so it, it, I don't know, it's just it's just really interesting. And I mean, there were other articles that I didn't pull because it was just like a lot. But I mean, later in 2012, Jesse went on vacation to like Barbados or something. And there was just a whole article of photos of her in a bikini. And the article's not being mean to her. They're like, look how trim she got. And like she looked fit, she looked healthy, but it's still that thing of if you've been vocal about struggling with your weight and then somebody posts like 20 photos of you in an article talking about how like oh look the working out's paid off like that's gonna fuck with you and on top of that like she's in a band with three girls with a very different body structure to her there's so much added pressure on top of that where it's like she probably did feel good in herself but it's just the language that's i don't know it's just so much yeah well the other thing is like it wasn't just the media so in 2019 she put out a documentary called odd one out talking Mm -hmm. about how she had been cyber bullied since her entire little mix career and she talks specifically about like when they won x factor and she said that like the next morning she woke up to like 101 facebook messages in my inbox and the first one that came up was some random man saying you're the ugliest thing i've seen in my life you do not deserve to be in this girl band you deserve to die and she said it became one of the worst times in her life and she wasn't just known as one of the singers of little mix she was known as quote the fat ugly one so like the second the second they won x factor the narrative changed of people attacking her being like you don't deserve to win because Mm -hmm. of your body what the like this is like so messed up and her documentary is like really really heartbreaking and really hard to watch because you can tell how much trauma she's been through from people online bullying her and never stopping and she would say like even when i did lose weight or like she was like i would starve myself because we would be doing this music video we'd be doing this performance and then people would comment that she still wasn't thin or whatever and she was like fuck this, like, I could be the thinnest person in the world and they still would treat me this way. And it drove her to, like, she attempted an overdose. It is awful. Like, that documentary is so gut-wrenching to get through. Yeah. And it's so sad because also in that doc, they speak to the other girls in Little Mix and like you can just tell how helpless they felt of like they were trying to support their best friend. And like there's not there's only so much you can do to try and make somebody feel beautiful and accepted and all that stuff, especially when they're not willing to accept themselves. And when the media and the public are pitting you against your three best friends because they're like, oh, like, look at Jesse, like, look what she's wearing, look what she thinks she can pull off look what you think she's doing and it's just interesting because also just like as Jessie was getting more comfortable in herself she was like showing off her body more as you would do as like most girls who lose weight and get more confidence do or just girls who just decide they're confident you know there's no issue of showing off your body but because she was showing off her body and because the narrative around her for so long was like oh Jessie with her weight issues it's all of a sudden like why is Jessie trying to be sexy like why is she ever ass out why is she showing off her hips why is she doing this thing and it's like they have like a fucking number one album (laughs) like their singles topping the charts why are you talking about the way she's dressed why is that the narrative yeah and i mean this definitely fell the hardest on jesse but all of them got comments when they started dressing up (laughs) more yeah because like in 2016 they went on x factor to perform their single shout out to my ex Mm -hmm. and this is five years later like they're in their mid-20s yeah. They're wearing like the body suits and thigh highs, like every other pop star wears. <laughs> They're not doing anything that like nobody's done before, right? Yeah. And they got so much criticism for going on there. And people were saying that they dressed too raunchy for a show that children would be watching. And like I watched their performance, there was nothing like their dance was not sexual in any way yeah the criticism was all really their outfits well the thing that's interesting is it's like for those five years between them winning 
X Factor and then returning to perform this song, the average X Factor viewer is probably not paying that much attention to Little Mix. Like their fans are paying attention, you know, but like the parents who just watch it or like the adults who just watch it because like that's what you do. You just put on X Factor. Like they're probably not paying attention to them. And I mean, I was trying to go back to find like other interviews with them in that five-year gap between like this performance (laughs) and them winning X Factor. And like most of the conversations are very much about like their relationships and sometimes women's issues but not really like it didn't really feel like they were allowed to talk about anything that more than surface level just based off of like the few interviews that I was able to find but I mean the internet is so vast it's so hard to find really specific things unless you're willing to sit on daily mail and just like (laughs) wait until they link out Because the Suns archive does it stops in 2015. I couldn't get farther back than that, which is fucking annoying. So at least the Daily Mail, you could go farther back in time, you know? So I mean, the narrative around them going on X Factor was like all of these people who hadn't paid attention to them since they won now taking to Twitter being like I let my children watch X Factor how dare these prostitutes come on stage and like shake their ass and it's like sweetie (laughs) do you let your kids watch whatever is on between the hours of like 6 and 8 p.m on like ITV because like that's what just British families both throw on the tv whatever you know but that doesn't mean that these people need to be catering specifically to the existence of small children i think also what you're saying the disconnect in people and like viewers image of them was that when they were on x factor they were teenagers and their outfits were awful (laughs) they were bad (laughs) but like it was also probably just like 2011 yeah it was just yeah. a bad time for clothing okay we don't want to talk about it like, <laughs> but they were more covered up like they were honestly yeah like, they were wearing longer shorts longer skirts pants and stuff like that and now there's like this drastic switch it's like people weren't paying attention and they grew up and what they remember is little mix wearing bermuda shorts and they're like <laughs> why are they wearing a bodysuit now and it's like they grew up it's been five years i don't know where you've been well i mean also just like if you think to any sort of talent reality show that you watch whether that's america's got talent like x factor american idol whatever show these are even the voice nobody's dressing that sexy like maybe there's some cleavage every now and again but these are like shows that are on during family hour like the styling is for that the styling is specific for that show and for what's going on like when a group or when a solo artist leaves a reality show eventually they're going to get their own stylist they're going to develop a sense of fashion but i mean also between like 2008 and 2013 nobody looked good (laughs) like let's be real but i mean like i said in the beginning of this like they were showing up in outfits that had no homogeny like they didn't look like they were a girl group they didn't look like they all looked like they got dressed the lights off (laughs) there's one where they're like all wearing camouflage but they're like different colors of camouflage (laughs) and different size print of camouflage and it's like this is (laughs) This is bad. There's like a green, there's like an orange. It's mm -mm. It's like it would have been better if you just all wore completely different things. And so it's interesting looking back on the choices that the stylists that were hired for them were making for them because it also felt like they were not viewing them as a group. They were viewing them as like individuals, which they are, but like you can be individual and be dressed like you're part of a a group (laughs) like so you look similar so yeah so it, it it is interesting but i mean fashion has evolved drastically and i think along with that the expectations of what pop stars wear has changed drastically yeah because i mean even if you think back on like the spice girls or britney spears like these artists that at the time were viewed as like very sexy sexual people there was maybe depending on which member of the spice girls there was like maybe cleavage but usually only on ginger spice and like just lots of midriff and like short dresses yeah and like go-go boots yeah like it, it, it was sexy but it was sexy in the 90s it was pushing the boundaries in a different way Yeah. So fashion is just different of like what's allowed and what isn't. And I mean, the whole sort of like pop star bodysuit sort of idea didn't happen until like the mid early 2000s, at least in my memory. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to read from The Sun's article on uh, what happened with X Factor. Yes, please. The headline is Little Mix Go From Tomboy to Trashy. How Britain's Favorite Girl Band Sexed Up Their Look. (laughs) 
All right, let's get into it. Little Mix unveiled their raunchy new look on this weekend's X Factor, and they were instantly branded trashy by outraged viewers. The girl group compared to prostitutes and strippers after performing their new single in skimpy outfits with thigh-length PVC boots. The foursome slammed by Mel C this week for being too provocative for her seven-year-old. Flashed buttocks and thighs in high-cut leotards, which left little to the imagination. One viewer tweeted, What's up with Little Mix dressing like prostitutes on X Factor tonight? Also, parents watching with their kids were angry at the girls garb one mom wrote quote watching x factor with ewan and little mix come out and dressed like ann summer's window display really and another wrote quote i love little mix but what they're wearing ain't appropriate for a family show okay so my reaction is that i was most surprised by like mel c saying stuff and so we also found like the actual like article where mel c's directly quoted and i feel like she was just saying that she was kind of like maybe surprised maybe like a little bit like let down but she wasn't like slut shaming them in any way and like i feel like how it was reported made it seem like she was slut shaming them it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, all of this is interesting. I mean... The other thing in this article that I just found amusing was that they had a photo of them from 2011, like when they were on X Factor, and the, the caption was, the newly formed group were the picture of innocence in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they were like 17 to 19 at the time. And again, like at that point, they were being styled for the family show. They were not showing up with their own styling done. So... It's just interesting. And I mean, like what you said with the Melcy situation, it was interesting because she goes, all young women want to look sexy and hot. So I understand it's hard, but I think it's such a shame. We live in a narcissistic age. It's 100% worse than when I was in the Spice Girls. It was a more innocent time, although we were criticized for wearing crop tops. And like... She, I like that she like like simmers it down to narcissism. I know. <laughs> I know. It's really funny. And it's like, yeah, she's not slut shaming them. But it is just like this thing of like, she also was saying how she doesn't let her daughter watch Little Mix videos anymore because they're not appropriate for her. And that makes her sad. And it's like, I feel like I've said this before, but it's like not everything is made for children. For children. And just because they're <laughs> a girl group doesn't mean that they're made for children. But this is the other thing. I, looking back as an adult, I'm like, why the fuck did my parents let me listen to the Spice Girls? Because their songs are way more sexual than Little Mix's songs were. Like, when you think about the song I wanna, lyrics. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, 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 whatever like, that means. Yeah, like, there's, there's so much going on there. And I mean, at the time, the way that they were dressing was sexy. But just looking back on it now, it's not as sexy. Right. But at the time, it was. And so it's like Mel C is looking back with, like, 2016 goggles at something that happened in 1999 yeah when like in 1999 what they were doing was like salacious <laughs> yeah like she i mean she even said that they got criticized for wearing crop tops at the time yeah so i just felt like these comments were kind of like unnecessary because then the tabloids like spun them and made it sounds so much worse than like what she actually said but uh, to your point girl groups aren't for seven-year-old children like mm -hmm. just as a younger female like looking up to these women as like quote-unquote role models i mean you do see like women i mean but like everyone wears bodysuits so, like beyonce wears bodysuits ariana grande wears body taylor swift like everyone's wearing bodysuits it just felt like little mix suddenly became this target that like 
other celebrities haven't had the same criticism for and i think part of it is because they started out how they did yeah so i think it definitely is a lot to do with like them starting off on like a show that the family sits down after dinner to watch you know but i think also it's because they're a group because there's four of them so it's a lot more tabloid fodder there's a lot more there because there's four of them to criticize you can pit them against each other like there's a lot more intrigue and gossip when it comes to a group because it's like oh well is like leanne's boyfriend as hot as jade's boyfriend like is jade dating someone in a less successful band than jesse's boyfriend is i don't know if these are things that have ever been written about but i'm just saying there's so many options when there's four of them and i feel like there is that malevolent excitement of like could i affect this girl group could i do could i say something to like bring the end of little mix (laughs) well i think this is a good point because i hadn't really considered this before because we haven't talked about girl groups that much yeah but we know that like historically women often get pitted against each other but it never occurred to me like how much worse it really was being in a girl group until we started talking about little mix because since jesse left the band in 2020 she's done one solo interview with cosmopolitan mm-hmm. and she essentially was talking about how she was constantly compared to the others like no matter what she did she was constantly compared to them she said before i was wearing what i thought i should wear because i was too frightened to wear certain things in case i looked bigger than the others i'd wear corsets and shit like that to make myself look the size they were so like part of how she was dressing and how she was portraying herself was trying to compete with the others because everyone was pitting them against each other. Like, I don't fault Jesse for doing that at all. Like, that's probably the natural reaction. It's just really sad that, like, this affected her so much because even, like, in her documentary, she talks about how all the bullying she was receiving and all this hate online, you know, it, like, really kind of isolated her from the rest of the group because she basically was like depressed because of the bullying and then she said that i didn't want to annoy anyone or be seen as a diva and so that's how i thought i would be perceived if i was getting upset so i thought okay i'm just gonna ignore this and it was the worst thing that i could have done because the trolls only became more vicious because they knew that it really affected her and i like in the doc you can kind of see like they're in the recording booth and she's like no i can do like i can do this better i can do this better and everyone's like no like it's already perfect and i can't remember who it was somebody said like sometimes it created some rifts in within the group because jesse would like pick apart herself so much that like it would take longer to do certain things and it's so sad it's so sad that like this is the world we live in where like women are made to feel this way and when you're in a girl group it's apparently just that much worse yeah i mean that doc was just like so so heart-wrenching and i mean the things that just really just like got me emotional was just like watching how distraught jade was because she just couldn't help yeah and it was just that thing of like you could tell just like how close they were and like how much it was like affecting her that like her friend was in pain and how like she didn't say as much but it just like you know like everybody yeah like every plus size person has a skinny friend who gets upset when their friend's being bullied and doesn't know how to react because they've never been treated that way and like you can just tell that like that pressure is just bubbling up inside of her of like i i can never know how she's feeling and i feel so sad because i want to be there for her and i want to help her but i don't know how to and i think the other thing too is like the fact that she said like i didn't want to be annoying i didn't want to be a diva she probably like bottled a lot of that up inside her which 100% made it worse and she didn't say whether or not she was like seeing a therapist at this time but I'm just guessing based on how strenuous their work schedules are she probably wasn't being taken care of in that way we've talked yeah. on lots of episodes previously about how all these things compound and when you have like these insane work schedules your mental health and even your physical health is like the last thing on the checklist of being taken care of so like while the girls naturally like want to help her it's also not their job why wasn't someone on their team like looking out for jesse i think they even said after coming out of x factor was extremely difficult situation where like they they said they would be like crying on the show it's like yeah why was no one taking care of these people 
I mean, I know that there's like a ton of controversy in England surrounding like the aftercare accessibility to people who are on reality TV and that there is very little of it. And I mean, this is a whole other conversation, whole other bag of worms. But I mean, just to put into perspective just how shit the aftercare is. I mean, like, as we all know from watching reality TV, like people get the narrative of like, oh, like they're the villain, they're this, they're that when like they might not necessarily be as bad as they're coming across and so there has been a huge issue with ex-contestants of Love Island like taking their own lives afterwards because there has been little to no aftercare they were shown as villainous they were shown as bad people and then they'll try to rehabilitate their image and people are like you're never going to change like you're always going to be this person no matter how much they're proving that they're not that person and so I think that in shows like X Factor there's probably even less of a thought of like oh they're going to need aftercare because there are no narratives so to speak like you're not given like a villain arc on x factor you know yeah except that once they won x factor jesse was given i mean she essentially was painted as a villain because she was the fat ugly one that people could pick on it's not that she was i guess it's not that she was the villain it's just that she became the target of everything and it's not to say the other girls didn't deal with things also but it's just like we've seen this time and time and time and time again of like why is no one looking out for these people when there's so much pressure on them and it always comes down to money why because we got to do this music video we got to do this tour we got to do this album so that we can make money and there's no time for your mental health 50 shades of fucked up (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's so frustrating and like i mean we pulled like a ton of articles just like from the sun and daily mail and just there's a lot like i just really i need to ask someone like if they have a buzzword sheet of words they need to use because there's lots of like skimpy outfits raunchy outfits like too like provocative like (laughs) showing their buttocks off like all of this hilarious language and it was just really interesting because the more respected outlets very much respect little mix more i was trying to find like reviews of the x factor like reviews of videos reviews of whatever like there was lots of respect towards them which is lovely but it's also just frustrating when like the sun and the daily mail always are like top of the google hits because those are the clickbait like nobody cares about the respectable interviews if you don't care about little mix you just see a headline it's like ooh, what was jesse wearing yeah so there's all of this nonsense all of this shit that's thrown at them constantly by these tabloids which are a really big thing in england we have tabloids in america but i mean also with magazines like us and people and stuff like do you have like a respect level to some extent where certain levels of celebrities will give exclusives to them they'll be in their good graces like that sort of thing whereas like the sun and the daily mail very rarely get proper access to these people because most of the time they're just fucking with them so we've said how like for that sort of five-year period between winning x factor and this whole shout out to my ex debacle on their return to the x factor that the media surrounding them was pretty just like baseline relationships what they look like what they're wearing sort of conversation but but you could sort of tell that because of all of this that was happening that they were wanting to be more outspoken about like feminist issues and these sorts of things which brings us back to leanne's comments in their brit acceptance speech and so In 2018, when their fifth studio album was coming out, they finally parted ways with Simon Cowell's record label. And Lee was said in an interview with his media outlet called Popline that they were starting to feel like it was becoming difficult for them to be creative in the way that they wanted to and like have a voice and really speak out on women's rights and their experiences in the industry. And so like in the midst of recording this album, they're switching from Psycho to RCA in order to have more power over what they're saying and you can just see from the label switch that there is also a switch in the way that little mix speak about things and what they're like able to talk about which i think is number one kind of horrifying but also pretty empowering that they were able to sort of re-enter the world because their music prior to this was very like a girl power and like not in like a fake kind of way it still felt very much like they meant it but now when they're doing interviews what they're speaking about matches the message of their music 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so in 2018, they had the song like Woman Like Me, which they're talking about these issues. In addition to like the Woman Like Me song, they also had this song called Strip. And there's a 2019 article from The Independent saying following the release of their ode to body positivity, Strip, the video of which finds them sitting naked with insults thrown at them on social media painted on their skin, they were accused of nudity to make money by that great defender of feminine purity, Piers Morgan. <laughs> After Morgan called them talentless clothes allergic dimwits jesse nelson who was known for being the mouthiest of the group called him a silly twat during an interview <laughs> on radio one okay first of all i feel like the narrative of jesse who's known for being the mouthiest of the group is also a negative thing because it's like she's had to speak up and defend herself so like that's rude to paint her in that way. But beside that, the fact that like they're putting out this video, it's very much like a women's empowerment, like love your body. This is a hey we've received, but we're stronger than it. And like celebrating different body types and different skin colors. And then Piers Morgan is like, their talentless clothes allergic dimwits, WTF. They did something very powerful. And I just love when men, like weak men who think that they're not weak, get so angry about women doing something empowering. But this interview with Independent, they said a lot of really important, interesting things. And so this writer, Fiona Sturgis, acknowledges how the group is like very indignant about the way that men and women pop stars are treated differently and so leanne said to her like there we were trying to send out this amazing inspiring message and these people are saying look at them trying to be sexual how dare they we're there trying to help people and you're projecting that on us i've seen countless images of boy bands with practically no clothes on and they're celebrated it's unfair and to your point about them finally leaving psycho is this is like the first time we've really seen them talking about mm -hmm. this like in interviews and so it just goes to like reaffirm that it seems like they probably weren't allowed to talk about it before yeah i mean it's even acknowledged in this article about how like every decision before this was sort of made for them and now they're like closely involved in every aspect from like songwriting to their clothing choice to video direction to sort of everything and i mean i think that you can really see that because just the the confidence that was radiating off of them from lm5 forward is pretty obvious yeah so, I mean, there was lots of conversation in this about, like, the expectations of female singers and how they need to be, like, a positive example to their fans, which a little makes it spoken out about quite often about the forced role of role model. It seems like their consensus very much is it's, like, it's fine for people to look up to us. We're happy that we're putting stuff out there that people feel we're worthy of being looked up to. But also, like, the scrutiny of that is a lot. And, I mean, Jesse in so many different ways but in this independent interview was basically saying how like we're gonna fuck up sometimes we're gonna do silly things and people say you're meant to be a role model <laughs> and she's just like well no i didn't take on that role actually you gave that to me which i think is a very like you don't often hear artists like actually just flat out make that statement so i, th I think it's pretty awesome that they're comfortable just saying that I mean, the whole role model conversation is really interesting because basically anyone with a platform is assumed to be a role model mm -hmm. when that's like not the case whatsoever. Like somebody can be famous and be the worst kind of person. That doesn't mean you should like follow in their behaviors. But I think like what Little Mix are saying and what I feel like, especially now that like celebrities are now like speaking out more about these issues that they believe in. And part of that is their fans pressuring them to do so. Their fans want them to speak out and stand for something. I think we see Little Mix and we see other female pop stars too acknowledging the fact that like no one's ever going to be perfect because for so mm -hmm. long for so many decades there's been all this pressure to be perfect we talked about this in the episode with girly about the pop star archetype yeah. of like they were intended to be perfect and like nobody can live up to that so i think being your real authentic self is the best role model you can be and i also see how this was probably extremely hard for jesse like i was surprised to find out her documentary came out in 2019 like i thought it would have been released like after she left little mix and so it's like you can see how much she's dealing with and she's trying to put on a brave face and be brave for people who look up to her when it's like she's still clearly 
like dealing with so much trauma. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I mean, we pulled like a few interviews from between like 2019 and now. And I mean, as I said, like there's just lots of them talking about how like they would pick themselves apart. They would kind of be mean to themselves. They would blame themselves for every tiny thing. Like they were all beating themselves up. And so I can only imagine like how much worse it must have been for Jesse when like the rest of them, yes, their bodies and stuff were still talked about, but not to the extent that Jesse's was and so if things were hard for them like in this 2020 interview for Glamour with Josh Smith like Perry was saying how like she would see like paparazzi photos of herself like taken from the wrong angle or like in a bikini and she was like not prepared to have been photographed and she was like I would just pick myself apart and make myself feel miserable about it because I wasn't expecting to be photographed and there's just like lots of discussion around those sort of topics of like their bodies like what's expected of them all that sort of thing and I mean also we were saying how being in a group can cause more tabloid discussion like all that sort of stuff but I mean also there are positives to the fact that they were in a group because they weren't doing this alone and like in this glamour interview he sort of asked them what do you think individually the rest of the band has helped you through the most in response to that jesse is like when someone is feeling down we'll never ever leave them to just be down we're always trying to lift each other's spirits and make each other feel good and then leanne continues that with saying but you know what it is it's just so much pressure there's so much pressure to act a certain way, look a certain way, say the right thing. I think knowing that we have that sort of support for each other is incredible. And so I feel like there's so much to unpack there about the pros and cons of them being in a group and having that dynamic and being able to pick each other up, even though the fact that they're in a group is a lot of why people are bringing them down or yeah. like how they're, like yeah. what they're using to bring them yeah. down. So I mean, I think going back to the beginning, this is why them winning the Brit Award was such a big deal. While they have clearly become one of the biggest girl groups in the world, if not the biggest, they had to go through so much stuff. All of them. Like, we've talked a lot about Jesse, but all of them were dealing with stuff, have had to deal with stuff. And so it has not been easy by any means. And so I think that's why, like, that ward is all the more special of, like, being recognized when they've been pushing through all of this bullshit all this bullshit that society has put on them yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i mean so much bullshit and like that's the thing is it's like in some ways also that like role model label is also kind of bullshit that society's pushing on them that they're kind of like don't know how to deal with because it also comes into play with the whole like why are you dressing like this sort of idea when Dua is dressing like this, Rita Ora is dressing like this, and they also have like younger people who listen to them, but they weren't formed on a TV show for families. So there's that whole thing. And I mean, also in this Glamour article, like the guy asked them about the role model label being placed on them. And Jade was saying how like, it's lovely that people look up to us, but the, at the same time, I feel so much pressure. And then Leanne goes on to say, even scrutiny on what we wear on stage. If we wear a leotard on stage we're wearing that to move and to feel comfortable and jesse's like i'm wearing it because it makes me feel empowered it makes me feel sexy and so it's just interesting because leanne's like why do we get scrutinized all the time for literally dressing our age and then the conversation goes on to say how what i just said how like there's so many solo artists wearing leotards but the one point that really stood out in like this discourse that they're having about like this role model thing and like the way they're dressing and all that stuff is leanne goes but is that because of who we are little mix and having a younger fan base i don't know is that why people look at us and think don't do that and we are women and we want to embrace our bodies and roll with that and it's like <laughs> like they're performing a whole ass pop show you know like what do you expect them to do come out dress like an opera singer <laughs> like uh, yeah I don't know. It's just like they've been through the ringer. They've been through so much and they've accomplished so much and they've remained friends. Even with Jesse leaving, like they're still all supporting each other. And I understand why Jesse would leave because there is so much scrutiny on on her and on them. And it just gets to that point where I think the negatives outweigh the positives of having that support built-in support network. Yeah. Which 
I think that's also why Jesse, because I was like, why, why would she stay in the group so long if this was like tearing her apart? And it's one of those things where it's hard to leave because it's probably like she did have a sisterhood with the girls. Like yeah. their bond was probably extremely strong. And you always think like, if I just push through this, like it would just get better. It would just get better. It would just, and like when it never gets better, then you start to have time away and you realize like, wait, this isn't working. And so I think this is probably why she left when she did of like having the pandemic and her like having time alone to like work on her mental health and realizing, because like in this, in this Cosmopolitan interview, she says, I didn't know I could be this happy. I thought yeah. when I was in the group, it was just normal to feel that way. And because I'd felt like that for 10 years, I just thought this is life. And since I've left, I don't wake up with anxiety thinking I've got to do music video today. I need to starve myself or I need to go on an extreme diet so I can look like the other three that was consuming me. And I constantly compared to myself to the others. So like, I'm so happy for her that she's finally gotten to this place where she feels like truly happy and like has been able to work through a lot of the trauma that's mm -hmm. been placed on her in this in this whole thing like i said you could just see the trauma coming through in her documentary which was just like a year and a half earlier or two years earlier i mean it's it's for the best like for her that like she's able to kind of find her own path and find what makes her happy outside of outside of just being bullied as part of little mix and like that's the thing is it's like i feel like also for Leanne, Jade, and Perry when... Because it's not like they didn't know what Jesse was going through, you know? <laughs> it was very clear and they knew what was happening. And so I feel like in, in some cases, like, they also were facing their own issues of, like, Jade and Leanne getting mistaken for each other and racism and their own issues that they were facing. And I mean, like, Leanne just put out a whole documentary yeah. about her feelings about race and her feelings about that in regards to Little Mix and just in the the music industry in general and I feel like in some ways it seemed like it, she felt like maybe her issues weren't affecting her in the same way as issues were right. affecting Jesse and so it's yeah. like it's something that is a huge problem in the music industry and for her it was I'm sure she felt like she couldn't speak out about it in the same way because she doesn't want to take away from what Jesse's going through yeah. because Leanne's not being scrutinized in the same way yeah. publicly at least yeah. that Jesse was so yeah. there's so much to unpack there on top of things where it's like when Jesse's saying how like oh like I feel more free now it's not like oh like I'm free of these girls like it, it's it's not like a drama statement you know it's just her being like I can finally just be myself now whereas also the other three members now have things that we're going to be able to learn about them and they're going to be able to focus on and put more effort into because there isn't that constant need to like police themselves to make their friend feel safe yeah i think yeah so i think like especially the point you're getting at is like the stuff that leanne gets into her documentary is like she would always question herself i think what she was dealing with was more like that she's like are people treating me differently it's those microaggressions is like the microaggressions of like that was kind of weird was it because of my race or am I making it up? And I think a lot of her was, and she said this in the documentary, was like, she was like thinking that for a long time, she was just like making these things up and that nobody was overtly bullying her the way they were bullying Jesse. So she probably felt like her pain and her trauma wasn't as justified as someone like Jesse who was having like these literal bullies on the internet. Whereas like with Leanne, she said she would come off stage crying when they were touring because she felt like nobody liked her. Like the fans didn't like her and yeah. she said she gives like the example of like one of their very first radio tours they did they got off the plane they're in the airport and she was the first one to come out and all these fans ran past her to go see the other girls and that was the first time she realized like something was off i think it makes sense why she waited until after the brit awards to like release this i'm sure they were planning for that because they didn't mm -hmm. want it to like sway the decision of what was happening with the award because yeah. she was like concerned about speaking out about well i guess technically they had announced they had announced the documentary prior, but it seems like she was very like worried about like, would fans stop being fans like if I put this out? And so it makes sense why she didn't talk about it for a long time. And finally now is finding her own voice and being able to talk about this. Watching that documentary and hearing her talk about that was so wild to me because I was just always like, Leanne has the best voice in this band. Like, she is a gift. <laughs> and so it's like, it's funny when like you have your own bias of like who you like 
the most and yeah. you're like oh everybody must know that Leanne's the best singer in Little Mix and then you're like yeah. oh what <laughs> what yeah. the fuck so that was like my own <laughs> my own experience with this but I mean it, it was just sad because I mean there's even that clip of like three girls in that room in like the room and it's like oh like who do you relate most to yeah and it's interesting because I mean like Jade is mixed race but I guess because of like and I mean there is a lot of discourse right now about how how white people are appropriating like the idea of being mixed race so much that like now people who three years ago would not have been quote-unquote white passing are now being told that they're white passing even though you look at them and they're clearly not white because there are people like the Kardashians and others who are just like appropriating the idea of being something they're not whatever you know so there's like a lot to that which is interesting but I'm just I'm happy that she's finally allowed to speak about not allowed but like feels like it's her time to speak mm-hmm. about what she's been facing and that her and and Jade and the issues that they've faced are going to be able to have some sort of spotlight because it's like it's like this confusing thing because it's like I'm not saying that like Jesse was holding them back or anything along those lines but I think it's just like when you are in that group dynamic and you do care about each other so much like sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles yeah and she was probably staying quiet for the same reason Jesse said of like I didn't want to be a diva I didn't want to like make things you know but I think like it is really important and special that Leanne was able to do this documentary and like when she announced it she got backlash from people saying like well you're too light-skinned to be doing this documentary like why is a light-skinned person doing this and it's like that doesn't diminish the fact that Leanne has still faced racism or microaggressions or whatever Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean she can't tell her story and I think she did a really good job acknowledging like I'm not an expert on this I'm learning she talked to lots of different women about their different experiences she talks to women about colorism so she talks to like Keisha from the sugar babes which was another British girl group like about her experiences in showing that like while they're all black women they have vastly different experiences based on how they look which is you know it's it's like Leanne is raising awareness to this issue and the other women in the documentary were asking her like well like what does your label think what is your label doing about it you know because there's a lack of diversity within the music industry we see this time and time again and so I think it's amazing that Leanne was able to have this conversation somebody was able to ask her like well what is your label doing and then she's able to go to her label and act and have these conversations and I think it's very frustrating that Sony didn't want to go on the record and say anything yeah but at least at least this is like a public documentary where she's putting the pressure on them and then like because of this it's amazing that like she's gone on to create this fund that will help like young black people coming up in the music industry the other thing is is that like we live in a very like white focused western world you know and so i think the other thing here is that it's a lot more comfortable for white people to be like ah yes body image issues than it is for them to be like ah yes racism yes um (laughs) so i think there's also that part of them being like okay we can talk about body image we can talk about misogyny we can talk about these things because the white public understand that and i just kind of like that yeah, it's like fuck catering to white people, you know? Like we don't need everything just made glossy and comfortable for us because nothing's ever gonna get fixed if everything's always just comfortable. And I mean white supremacy exists by erasing culture, like yeah. erasing ethnicity, because yeah. there are white ethnicities that most people in America don't even know existed because it just got erased to make you a white person. So <laughs> there's just so much to unpack there that isn't even what we cover on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, there's there's just a lot, and I feel like it's exciting that these powerful women who have a lot of support and a lot of success are using their voices in such, like, a forward momentum kind of way. Yeah, I agree. I'm, like, really excited to see where they go from here because it, it feels like now they're much more, I mean, they've said it, they've said it in interviews, like, they're much more comfortable speaking out. They're much more comfortable discussing these issues publicly. And so it, this feels like the same thing we talked about with Taylor Swift, where she had this moment where she realized, like, it didn't matter what people thought about her. And this feels like what Little Mix has been doing for the past few years. And mm-hmm. now they're at this point where they've been like with the Brit Awards, like acknowledged for everything that they've achieved so far. And so they're at a point in their careers where most likely nothing they're going to say is going to damage them. Point being of like another reason why not to speak out 
when you're young in your career, it's because you're worried people wanna, won't want to work with you. Yeah. And so now that they've established themselves, they have this power. So I feel like only good things can come from this. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where both Little Mix go from here and where Jesse goes from here yeah. and just what happens with all of them because I feel like they've accomplished so much as a group. I feel like Jesse will continue to accomplish things in her solo career and that Jade and Leanne and Perry will go on to <laughs> accomplish so much more. I'm just so excited. I just love when like you feel women's empowerment a Bruin. <laughs> <laughs> my my women's empowerment senses are tingling yeah i mean it's just nice because i feel like for a lot of people in like our generation we didn't have role models to the same extent like yes i know we said they don't like being role models whatever but like there weren't people to look up to that were like as much people that like you would want to be when you grew up right and i think little mix like I said this earlier, they're growing and evolving and they're showing that they're learning. They're showing their growth. Like that's mm -hmm. what you can aspire to in a role model. Yeah. It's really amazing. <laughs> I'm really proud Aww. of them. <laughs> I'm emo. <laughs> I'm emotional, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like a bit of a wild ride. <laughs> I feel like we covered a lot. I feel like we also could probably talk about Little Mix for like three more hours, but we won't do that to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, as always, we can never cover every single detail. So if we miss anything major, come at us in the DMs. But yeah. I feel like we got a good amount of their history into <laughs> an episode that's probably just over an hour. I'm just here to shine a light on the fact that the media is rubbish <laughs> most of the time. In conclusion. In conclusion, the media is rubbish. I am sorry I work for it. <laughs> Yeah, so if you guys have any other thoughts on Little Mix, I know that we've spent this whole hour plus standing up for Little Mix. We're also aware that they have, have made some questionable choices in attire and other things in their past, but it's hard to fit everything in. We're trying our best, guys. But yeah, so if we left anything out or if there was anything you're mad that we forgot about or what have you, we have a complaint box on our website. It's called our DMs. <laughs> 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 so yeah just come come hit us up because we would love to talk more about little mix and if you have other information you feel like sharing with us about them please do so and you can do that on all social media at name three songs or you can come talk to us personally i'm at sarah underscore fagan and jenna is at jenna underscore million so thank you guys so much for joining us on name three songs until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Little Mix. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.